Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 15 of Theater Nerd Confidential. I'm your host, Claire. Now, you guys, something funny happened to me, and I think we can all agree on this. The greatest feeling in the entire world, other than eating Nutella from a jar, is when you are... you hear a song over and over again and you don't know the name of it, but you love it and you're trying to remember to like either save it on Spotify or buy it on iTunes and you can't for the life of you remember the name of the song. Now this happened to me um, for years. There was a song that I've, I literally for years did not know the name of, only know the rhythm. I was like, and I, I tried to figure it out and I thought it was the Carpenters. I thought it was, I don't even know what band, but I literally had no clue. And then one day I was driving home uh, from the train station and it just randomly popped up on my Spotify. Yes, it was I don't know. Oh, I don't want to know. Whoops, I guess I still don't really know the song that well. No, I don't want to know by Fleetwood Mac. It was literally on my mind for forever. And it just happened to me the other day. There was a song that I've been hearing constantly. And I'm like, what is the name of the song? And I was at out to dinner with my friend Janine. Shout out Janine, J9. And we're eating and the song comes on. And I was about to do the whole Siri, what is the song? And as I'm about to do it, she goes, oh, it's Doja Cat say so you guys you have no idea how amazing it was to a find out the name it wasn't as amazing because like i hadn't been waiting years to find out the name of the song but it was still amazing nonetheless to find it out not from siri and from a friend and on your own i think that's special and magical in its own way speaking of friends that's a perfect segue into this uh what we're getting into today um i am lucky enough to be joined by my best friend in the entire world a girl who i have been friends with since kindergarten my friend Angela. Now this is her first time on the podcast, but you definitely will know of her and I don't want to I don't want to uh, spoil too much, so let's get into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special guest here with me today, somebody who has been uh, a part of this podcast since day one, and even before it was day one, folks. She is the best graphic artist I know. She is the one who does all of my album cover arts, and I just need to like bow down to her because the stuff that I give her, it's like in a day's notice, and she takes it, runs with it, and makes it 10 times better than I've ever expected it to be and does it for free even though I really want to pay her but I will be treating her to a very very fancy swanky Italian dinner once this quarantine is over with it is my best friend since kindergarten that's right folks kindergarten Angie Angela hi <laughs> welcome to the podcast you are actually on the air oh my god not long, just behind huh? the scenes anymore how does it feel it's feels weird. I like being behind the scenes and just yeah. like 
do my thing. Yeah. You know? I know. And you're fantastic at it. Literally all of my cover art gets so much love, especially the Phantom of the Opera one. That one was great. Yeah. That was like a last minute change. I was actually going to send it to you without the mask, but oh. then I was like, wait a minute. Light bulb. <laughs> yeah. Christine Daye needs a mask, a face mask. <laughs> and also the other one that was big, which is very fitting for this episode is the producer's one, the Tony's Tony's Tony's. So I actually have thoughts on what we should do for the cover art. Oh, for this one? Okay, yeah. we'll talk offline. I don't want to we'll spoil anything, but I'm <laughs> very curious. Now, Angela, I really like, the first time I ever saw the producers, the film, I really liked it and I saw it with my mom, but because of Angela and our friendship, she's made me <laughs> fall in love with this show so much more. You love it, don't you? It's just classic. I mean, you have comedy. Mm -hmm. You have great music. You mm -hmm. have romance. Yes. It's raunchy. <laughs> it's a true musical. It's beautiful. It really it is. is. So we're, we're going to be discussing the 2005 film, The Producers. Um, just a little factoids to get st before we get started. So mm -hmm. the film is actually based off of the 1967 film of the same name, written by Mel Brooks, um, and the cast of this uh, 2005 production, we have Max Bialystok, Nathan Lane. Classic. Classic, classic. Yeah. Leo Bloom, Matthew Broderick, Ferris Great. Bueller, Sarah Jessica Parker's husband. Need I say more? Ula, and I don't know the rest of her name. <laughs> it's long. Yeah, it is very long. Uma Thurman, fittingly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, I was reading some trivia. It was actually going to be Nicole Kidman to play Ula. Really? Yeah, but then scheduling it never, it didn't work out. I'm kind of happy that didn't happen. I know. I can't picture anybody other than Uma Thurman. Yeah. I feel like Nicole Kidman would have given it a good shot, though. Think of I mean, her as Satine in Mulan yeah. Rouge. Like, she's a great actress. She's a great singer. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I've never seen her in a comedy. No, not really. Yeah, like I'm trying to think about well, it. I don't Moulin think Rouge had a bit of a, a bit of comedy to it, and then, and then it was just drama and weepy, weepy, <laughs> weepy, crying. But yeah, no, it was just interesting. But I mean, Uma Thurman's unbelievable, beautiful, perfect. Beautiful. Um, Franz Liebkind. Oh, sorry, it also must be met. It must be mentioned. Well, hold on. Franz Liebkind, Will Ferrell, great casting. The best casting in the, the best. He does such a good job. It's so good. Okay, but I think our truest shining stars, Roger Debris, Gary oh. Beach. Yes. Well, yeah, snaps for snaps for Gary Beach. And then Carmen Gia, <laughs> Roger Bart. Yay! Carmen Gia is just the epitome of happiness. And Sassiness. Amazing. And sassy and mm -hmm. beautiful, and I love him. <laughs> there is no one like Carmen Gia. I wish I could play Carmen Gia. I never will, obviously, but it, it is a dream. Can you please make that happen? I, can't, I wish, but I just can't. It, it, it can never be a woman, Carmen Gia. <laughs> but I will say, and what I was going to say before, um, Max Bialystok, Leo Bloom, Roger Debris, and Carmen Gia, all the same actors in the original Broadway production, reprise their roles in the movie. Which is amazing. I love when they do that. Like they did Same. that. Same. Yes. So good. I know. I agree with you. I wish they did that more because it's mm -hmm. annoying. It's like, 
I, I get it. You want to like, if you want to get bigger names, but sometimes it's like, no, these people have played these parts for so long. They are these parts. Yeah. Like they, and they bring it. such an unbelievable, what were you going to say though? They know it like back to front. And like you were probably just going to say, they just, they're just amazing. They embody it in exactly. They embody it fully. And I think it's something that deserves to be filmed so that we can have it for forever. Just like Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Also, too, the director of the movie and choreographer for the movie, Susan Stroman, directed it and choreographed it on Broadway as well. So that's cool. So that's probably why we had the, the double casting from stage That I didn't know. Yeah. See? I that. Isn't that a fun little fact? I love a factoid. Yeah. And then... For the 2001 Tony Awards, the show was nominated for 15 Tony Awards and won 12. Jeez, really? Yeah, including Best Musical, Best Supporting Actor, Gary Beach, and Leading Actor, Nathan Lane. And dude, it's so cute. When Nathan Lane did his acceptance speech, it was him and um, Matthew Broderick backstage. He Mm -hmm. brought Matthew Broderick on stage with him and thanked him and said, like, I couldn't do this without him, which I'm like, I love the both of you so much. Now I need to go look this up. Yeah. Oh, dude, please. It is a classic Tony clip. So shall we get started in discussing the show? Well, wait. First, um, I think it needs to be said. The last time I watched The Producers was with you in your backyard. Because what did you invest in over this quarantine, Angela? I invested in the best piece of technology you will ever buy. And that is a projector. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've had so many backyard movie nights. I know. We watched Hamilton on the 4th of July in my backyard. Yep. We watched all the Twilight series this summer. hmm That one we could have done without, but that's okay. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I moved back home. I regressed to my teenage self. It had to be done. It's okay. We watched Drop Dead Gorgeous in my backyard Drop with Dead it. Gorgeous in your backyard. Which yeah. Love that film. So good. Classic. So good. Cult classic. What else? But yeah. We- I think that was it. But no, Ange, that was such an awesome investment. And it's like, it's so great to have. I couldn't, I'm thinking about getting one because it's so, it's so cool. It's so worth it. I will send you the link. Thank you. I'll put it in the episode description. (laughs) (laughs) I would invest in a screen because we were using a curtain or Mm -hmm. no, a bed sheet. I'm like hanging it from the gutters on the roof of my house. Yeah. It (laughs) definitely is in it and distorted the faces yeah when a gust of wind came by it was always eventful (laughs) yeah Yeah, no i need a screen now next summer it's okay you know what it's hipstery when it's not Eh, it's art i don't want it to be art i just want to watch the movie i know that's fair i get it without weird (laughs) warped heads and faces (laughs) my eyes are like bug eye exactly oh my god it's so true but yeah that's the last time we watched it and it wasn't too long ago but i did not take extensive notes during it i was enjoying the film so thank god for wikipedia (laughs) (laughs) so let's get into it so the plot In 1959, following the flop of the theatrical musical Funny Boy, based on the William Shakespeare's Hamlet, the show's washed-up producer, Max Bialystok, hires the neurotic Leo Bloom as his accountant. While studying Max's books, Leo notes that as a flop is expected to lose money, the IRS will not investigate the finances of failed productions. Leo jests that by selling in excess of his shares and embezzling the funds, a flop could generate up to $2 million. 
So dude, every, isn't that funny? We've seen this show so many times and I always forget what is illegal that they're doing. I know. And like, I think there was one time I watched it a couple years ago that I actually like tried doing the math and figuring it out. For real? And then I realized I went to art school. I don't know math and I can't do this. <laughs> you started with the equation. You're like, all right, so better not. <laughs> Just put the pencil down. Yeah, no, it wasn't a good life decision. That's fair. <laughs> um, so Max asked Leo for help with the scheme, only for the latter to refuse, which leads us to, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. This is not the time to shirk. We can do it. You won't rue it. Say goodbye to Petty Clerk. Hi, producer. Yes, producer. I mean, user, go berserk. We can do it. We can do it. And I know it's gonna work. What do you say, Bloom? We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> and the blanky scene there's oh, the so much scene. that happens in, uh, in this opening that's insane my favorite part and i guess this is technically part of the opening when he goes back to the accounting firm and he does like they do the unhappy song with the the, do, 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 do. the typewriters yes it's yeah. my favorite and i always do the hand movements every time <laughs> i watch the film i know you're doing it right now doing it <laughs> oh dude i have another fun factoid Yes. So um, Nathan Lane shaved the top of his head in order to create a realistic comb over. <laughs> That's amazing. Film. Isn't that amazing? And yeah. it really does look like a legit comb over. It's beautiful. It really is. And I mean, I the commitment that he has. What's up? I thought it was a wig. I know. No, that was his hair. That's, that's commitment right there. That is true commitment. That is a legend, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, so, uh, back to the plot. Returning to his old counting firm, Leo starts fantasizing about being a Broadway producer. I want to be a producer. I want to be a producer with a hit show on Broadway. I want to be a producer, lunch at Sardi's every day. I want to be a producer, sport a top hat in the cage. Classic. You're playing in my head. Yeah. And I'm playing to it. All the showgirls and the one showgirl, the, the ugly dunkling, duckling of the bunch. Who I am convinced is the lesbian set designer. Shirley Mockowitz. Yes. I don't think it is. I am convinced. I need to okay. IMDb this. Yeah. You IMDb it. I should have done that before because I knew you said that before, but I forgot. So. It's okay. I have the F. Leo quits his job and they both form Bialystok. He forms Bialystok in Bloom with Max. Searching for the worst play ever written, the duo finds, drum roll, which musical did they find, Angela? Springtime for Hitler. In yes, Europe. a musical written by an ex Nazi named Ooh. Franz Liebkind. Okay. Um, Max and Leo, in order to acquire Franz's rights to the musical, perform Hitler's favorite song and swear the sacred. What are they? <laughs> it's the Siegfried Oath. Yeah, the Siegfried Oath to him. Never, 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 never. So me and Ange um, during quarantine, I will say anything good to come out of quarantine. So uh, we actually live very close to each other. We live like 
a block or two away. Yeah, like not even. Not even. So uh, she came home uh, during the pandy and me and her started uh, doing like social distance walking every day. And it was so lovely. And we'd always quote the producers and never, never, never from the Siegfried Oath was one of them. <laughs> Along with many others that will 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 you'll hear us quote throughout this <laughs> this recording. I'm sure everyone we know is sick of us quoting the producers at this point. Probably. Probably, but they should get on the boat and <laughs> stop rocking it. Sit down, they're rocking the boat. Yep. Different musical. Anyway. Um <laughs> so they do the Siegfried Oath and they sing Dear Guten Tag Hop Klop. Dry! <laughs> Which we need to learn that dance. Yes. How have we, we not learned that dance yet? <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. But we have to just acknowledge Will Ferrell as yeah. Franz Liebkin. And so good. He's so good. He just, his comedic timing is perfect. just perfect. Yeah. Like and also, <laughs> Max, and um, do you know that part was improvised when um, they're trying to leave in a hurry? Oh, uh, the door gets stuck. The door gets stuck. So that was improvised. He's like, trapped, trapped! Wait, is that what he... <laughs> Nathan Lane screamed that. And the reason he screamed that was because during a production when they were doing it on Broadway, mm-hmm. the door didn't open. So oh, he yeah. improvised that. So they kept that in the movie. See, Genius! reason to have the actors that were in the mu- original musical mm-hmm. be in the movie version. I couldn't agree with you more. We wouldn't have that if it wasn't him. <laughs> trapped! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... After Der Guten Tag Hopklop and Trap, they, they exit. And in order to ensure the play's fu- future, Max and Leo meet failing flamboyant director Roger Debris and his assistant Carmen Gia. Yeah. We have to discuss Carmen Gia's entrance, <laughs> the monologue on the phone. What I always forget exactly what it is, but doesn't he like describe the weather or something? I don't remember. Oh, no. On a lovely, on a lovely day in June. Who may I say is calling? (laughs) Something like that. I I should put the audio clip in here. It's so good. Oh, yes. You do need to put the audio clip. Hello, the living room of renowned theatrical director Roger Debris, elegant Upper East Side townhouse on a sunny Tuesday afternoon in June. Who may I say is calling? (laughs) And then Roger, he hangs up. And Roger goes, who was it? He goes, wrong number. <laughs> My favorite is when he closes the doors and he's like, we're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Roger, we're not alone. And also, dude, when he answers the door, the most iconic part, he opens the door to them and he just goes, yes. <laughs> and holds it for like 23 seconds, I think. I it's unbelievable. It. I wouldn't have enough air to do that. No, that is a true performer with a strong diaphragm. <laughs> yes. It's so genius. Um, so this whole scene, um, they come in and 
the director, as Angela said, Roger were not alone. Roger <laughs> enters in a dress. <laughs> and he, he's going to a costume party. What does he say? Um, he is trying to be the Grand Duchess Anastasia, but he looks more like the Chrysler building. And then he poses. <laughs> and he does look like the Chrysler building. <laughs> so Roger's reluctant to direct the musical, but when Max and Leo suggest he could win a Tony Award, he agrees on the condition that the play be more gay. Keep it gay. Hence, keep it gay. No matter what you do on the stage, keep it light, keep it bright, keep it gay. Whether it's murder, mayhem, or rage, don't complain, it's a pain, keep it gay. People want laughter when they see a show. The last thing they're after is a litany of woe. A happy ending will pep up your play. Oedipus won't bomb. If he winds up with mom, keep it gay. Keep it gay. Keep it gay. One of the best songs. The best song. But another amazing moment is when they say Tony. And we do the, the Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> And <laughs> Carmen Ghia, he his face, the way that Gary Beach contorts his face and body is a master class in comedic acting. It really is. I wish I could do that. Oh, I do too. And then Carmen Ghia, go, they go, what's going on? And he's like, he's having a stroke. What? A genius! <laughs> I could just watch that, that scene all day. I know. Ugh, so, so good. Yeah. And then, so after Keep It Gay... They go back to their office, and a Swedish woman named Ulla appears to audition. Although Leo points out that they have not started casting, Max hires her as the secretary until they audition her later. When you got it, flaunt it, is what she auditions with. When you got it, flaunt it. Show your assets, let them know you're proud. Your cuties you must push, stick your chest out, shake your tush. Then you got it, shout it out loud. Now, Eula Dance. A song that she created the day before. It took me like, I think four or five times into watching it to catch the part where she said she wrote it after a guy yelled, if you've got to flaunt it, and Max yelled that the day before. Yeah, like, Max yelled it the day before out the window. Like, I, it literally took me five times until I realized it. It's so good. And, I mean, her just, like, her schedule and everything that she does. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Um, so, to gain backers to fund the musical, Max has dalliances with several elderly women. Along came Bialy. They were helpless. They were hopeless. Then along came Bialy. They were joyless. They were boyless. Then along came Bialy. Allowing him to raise the two million, which is amazing. <laughs> the that is one of the most iconic scenes when the, the old women dance with yes. the walkers. So good. And then he like, buzzes all the bells. <laughs> it's Max Bialystock. <laughs> all these old ladies come out and they're like tap dancing with the walkers i will say 
uh, an opportunity missed when I broke my ankle this year. I used a walker a lot. I could have, I should have tried. Why didn't we do this, Claire? Well, because Ange, I, I did only have one good leg well, <laughs> to me. I couldn't get like the air that you needed to. No, and I couldn't really shake it because I was already, you know how unstable I was. Yeah. We weren't going to test the gods with that no. one. No, probably no. best that we didn't. No, definitely not. So they raised the $2 million. Now Leo laments about the dangers of sex distracting him from his work and shares a kiss with Ula. Hence, that face. That face, that face, that dangerous face. I mustn't be unwise. Those lips, that nose, those eyes could lead to my demise. Yeah, they start to, even though Max really wants to get, uh, wait, no, Max wants to get with Ula. Mm Mm-hmm. And Leo comes in and is Mr. Steal Your Girl, yes. as they say. And he did just that. He did do just that, even though it's shocking, because you would never expect it. Oh, the that's nerdy... like from the Jessica Parker. You don't <gasps> expect it. What a great comparison, Angela. <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> when art imitates life. I know, he's so okay. quiet and meek. <laughs> and as they kiss, he throws away his blankie. Oh, the blankie. The blankie, his security blankie. So at auditions for the role of Hitler, this is, again, another part that we quote so often. Yes. (laughs) Carmen Ghia directing the audition and Roger and him just being a mess and amazing. And Gustav, Gustav. Waltz plug and turn again. (laughs) (laughs) But our favorite part is, when he's called, when Carmen Guia calls um, Jacques Lapédu. Jacques Lapédu. Jacques, Jacques Lapédu. And then Roger whispers in his ear, Jack Lapédus. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, so amazing. So <laughs> at the auditions, all everybody's auditioning for uh, Hitler, and Franz is angered at a performer's rendition of a German song, storms on stage and performs it himself. Haben Sieger Gerhard, wait, Ange, what is it? Haben Sieger Deutscher Band. I totally didn't say it correctly. No, that sounded right. Listen, I have all this stuff in front of me and Angela does not, but she is doing awesome. Every time I throw something at her, she knows it, folks. <laughs> I did not. Haben Sieger Haben das Deutsche Band. Mitte Bang. Mitte Boom. Mitte Bing, Bang, Bing, Bang, Bing. So that is amazing. And based on that performance, Max hires Franz to play Hitler. Yay! <laughs> They got their cast, folks. They got the money. They have the director. Now it's on to showtime <laughs> on opening night. As the cast and crew prepare to go on stage, Leo wishes everyone good luck, to which everyone warms him, warns him it is bad luck to say good luck on opening night. And the co- correct phrase is to say break a leg. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is true. Yes. But in Ward Melville, where we went to high school, it's actually bad luck to say break a leg because apparently 
years ago, like many, many years ago, they said break a leg to somebody and the girl actually broke her leg on stage or something. So basically what happened to the producers happened at Warm Level. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's why we say steak and eggs. Steak and eggs. Steak and eggs. So yeah, as Franz leaves to prepare and li- he literally breaks his leg in a fall. <laughs> and then Max enlists Roger to perform the role in his place and Roger accepts. That was a brilliant scene as well. The part where he goes, Roger, I know, (laughs) you know all the words. And then he's mouthing what he's saying to him. It is so brilliant. It's so good. Bring me my glorious Swanson mole. Get it. (laughs) (laughs) What's it on his face? Carmen Ghia. Again, Carmen Ghia being iconic. He's being Carmen Ghia. (laughs) I know. I, I... I just love the two of them so much. Ricky wants to make a show that's just Max and Carmen Gia, which I'm like, yeah. please do. Yes. Please. That would be brilliant. Mm-hmm. As the show opens, the audience is horrified at the first song, Springtime for Hitler. And people begin leaving out of disgust until Roger enters as Hitler. <laughs> I'll myself. <laughs> I'll myself raise your hand. There's no greater dictator in the land. Everything I do, I do for you. If you're looking for a war, here's World War II. I'll myself raise your beer. Every hotsy totsy Nazi stand and cheer. That is the funniest thing ever. When he comes up and has the spotlight on him. And he has his arm raised in like the aisle. Like a silhouette of Hitler. Like yeah. something from a history book. I know. And then the music starts and he just poses. Yeah. Heil myself. Heil to me. I mean, it's just, it's utter brilliance. It Mel Brooks. Oh, and that's also what I was going to say. Another fun factoid. Ding, 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 Facts. Okay. So um, the screech of the black cat who is thrown by Bialystok, Nathan Lane, into the theater, the voices of the laughing pigeons, and the voice of the stormtrooper who sings, don't be stupid, be a schmatty, come and join the Nazi party, is uh, in springtime for Hitler, was provided by Mel Brooks. He did all those voices, which I think is amazing. It's a nice little homage. Oh, I love it. I know. It's so cute. And I, I mean, when you hear him too, when he, you sing that line, I didn't know the other two things about the animals. Yeah. The, when he, the don't be a schmutt, I was like, that is Mel Brooks. And that's uh-huh. Mel Brooks's voice. He is truly a genius, by the way, to like make, like, it's such a convoluted plot. And it's like, you would never think that this could be a hilarious comedy, but it yeah. is, you know? It's such, it's just so good. I it don't really know is. Know. Like the, like the dialogue, the costumes, the choreography, and the actors are what make it a comedy. Yes, a comedy is just genius. Oh my god, without a doubt. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, so he does high on myself. Roger, playing Hitler very flamboyantly, caused the audience audience to misinterpret the play as satire, resulting in the show becoming a smash. 
Now, terrified the IRS will learn of their crimes, a dispute breaks out between Max and Leo, <laughs> but stops when Roger and Carmen Gia come into the office to congratulate them. During this fight, is this when he yells fat or no? Yes, I was just about to say, my All favorite right. part of that whole thing is when Leo just stops, <laughs> turns to him, and screams, fat! Fat, 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 fat! <laughs> I love when Max goes, I'm not that fat. <laughs> he just screams fat again and like jumps on him. <laughs> it's so good. Oh. And then um, furious at Roger for making the play successful, Max angrily confronts Roger for his actions um, and even goes as far to physically torture Carmen Gia when he tries to defend Roger. Franz then appears. <laughs> this is this is a scene, wait, this is a scene when we, when we were watching it as a movie. I'm like, I would have paid to have seen this on Broadway. Because yes. yes. all of this, like, chaos happening on screen, it was probably so good on stage. Like, oh, yeah. hilarious. Like, you have these guys fighting, and then um, Franz then appears and attempts to shoot all four of them, breaking the Siegfried oath by mocking Hitler, only to attract the police, as Max, Max and Franz, Max, Max and Franz, oh my god, my margarita is hitting me, Max and Franz, as Max and Franz attempt to evade the police, Franz breaks his other leg. I broke my other leg. <laughs> my other leg. Is this a scene with the Italian chains where what? Carmen Ghi is like, my chains, my Italian chains. Oh yeah. <laughs> and also the fact the fact when the uh when Franz comes in with the gun, uh Roger goes, uh, he goes, Darling, get back in the closet or something. <laughs> Darling, yeah. time to get back in the closet. Uh, so many so good, good little moments. It is. Those are what makes it. Yeah. Now Arrested for his tax fraud, Max is imprisoned while Leo elopes with Ula to Rio de Janeiro. Betrayed. Oh boy, I'm so betrayed. Like Samson and Delilah, your love began to fade. I'm crying in the hooskow, you're in Rio getting laid. Betrayed. Let's face it, I'm betrayed. Boy, have I been taken. <laughs> that song is genius. That song is iconic. Ugh. If no it literally describes it, the whole plot. I, I feel like when you started describing like the movie and everything, I was like, this feels like Betrayed. Because <laughs> that's what it is. Betrayed describes the whole plot of the show. Yes. So My that's all you need to really listen to, folks. Really. And if you have it, you need to watch it. <laughs> because that one scene is just genius. Truly. Like, when, what's the part where he's, like, having a flashback? Yep. I'm on, mama's on the porch. <laughs> and he, like, lives on a farm or something. And then he's like, wait a minute. I don't, oh, I don't remember the line. What does he say? He's like, no, because the mom goes, Alvin? Alvin? He's like, wait a minute. Somebody else's life is flashing before my yes. eyes. He goes, what the hell? Yes, yes. And it's he does so the, good. The Timon voice. Yes, he does do the Timon voice. I mean, I think that's his voice, but still, it's Timon. But it's the Timon voice. It is the Timon Point voice. On it. No, truly. No, you're right. I will never. <laughs> um, so, um, so as Max is about to be sentenced, he's saved by Leo, who returns to defend him. 
Oh my God. And Ula's line, she goes, he wouldn't do it until we got married. (laughs) (laughs) What a schmuck. Um, But this is such a cute song. Till him. Life was really nothing but a glum one. Till him. My existence bordered on the tragic. Always timid, never took a chance. Then I felt his magic and my heart began to it's mm-hmm. so adorable and it just really like it it puts it brings like it warms your heart a little bit like this is a song that could be performed at a wedding you know yeah i have a confession to make when i was younger and i used to watch the movie i would skip past the song because it was too slow wow yeah wow it's, it's the truth comes out and the truth comes out. No, if anything, dude, I have to admit something too. I would get bored by Betrayed because I'm like, I don't want to listen to the whole plot. <laughs> so I'd fast forward Betrayed. And that's the one I'd always rewind. Oh my God. <laughs> that's why we could never watch it together <laughs> for so many years. No, I get it. It's definitely like, it's definitely a slow song. Yeah. yeah it's not as upbeat as everything else is in the entire show. Now, the judge, realizing Max and Leo are inseparable, sentenced them both to five years at Sing Sing Prison with Franz, writing and producing a new musical in prison, Prisoners of Love. Beautiful. It's such a great scene, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the judges are in on it. Uh, the judges, the, um, the, the guards are, like, yes. paying and for the show. Yes. They're Tell being cons. Owns 200% of prisoners in love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're being cons while they're in prison. It's amazing. That's fine. <laughs> um, so uh, Leo, Max, and Franz are pardoned by the governor for their work, allowing them to co- collaborate with Roger and Ula and release prisoners of love. Play success means Max and Leo go on to become successful Broadway producers. Leo got his hat. Leo got his producer's hat. Yes. Which is like a fedora, right? No. It's like kind of a fedora, but it has a wider brim than a fedora. Yeah. So we could call it a fedora. Yeah. All right. And that's it. And that is the producers, dude. I love it. I feel like I just watched it. I know. I feel like, I mean, again, it's so quotable for us. And like, it really is. Honest, truly is. And like, and I agree with you completely with the sense of like, I think so many more movie musicals need to have the original Broadway cast members in it. Yes. Who do you write a letter to to make that happen more often? I don't know. But when we find out, we will write a strongly worded letter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when we find out who to address it to, they have a, a long thing coming. They have a, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, pants, I could not have done this episode with anybody else. And again, I'm so happy that we got to watch it together weeks ago outside. I know. It really is perfect timing. I wish we could have, like, 
watched the movie and then done this, like I know. simultaneously. But I know. I feel well, like we know the movie so well, like we don't even have to. No, exactly. I think, yeah, and who knows, Pants, maybe if we do another one soon, maybe that's how we can do it. Oh. And hopefully we can do it not over Zoom. Hopefully we could be together in person. That would be the best and ideal situation. That would be lovely. Yeah. Well, I love you so much. Thank you so much for doing this, Pants. Of course. Thank you for having me. I feel so honored. (laughs) Of course. Well, as I said, you'll be on here again soon. So don't you fret, little... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I was going to say. Don't you fret. (laughs) Love you, girl. Don't cry out loud. Just keep it inside. Learn how to hide your feelings. Fly high and proud. And if you should fall. Well, that's all for this week's episode, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. And I just have to say a huge thank you again to my best friend, Angela, Angie Pants. I love you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, thank you for doing the fabulous cover art. You are a true artiste. Um, If you haven't already, please make sure to follow at Theater Nerd Confidential on Instagram. Until next week, Courtney, take your break. Having love with all.